Hi, everybody. Juleka here. As you know, we started making the show almost a year ago, and we've learned so much. We've met so many cool first gens, and we've talked to some of the smartest people thinking about and working through intergenerational relationships. Sometimes it's been funny. Sometimes it's been wild. In January, the team and I decided to go back and check in with some of our early guests to find out how things have been going since we had them on the show. So for the next few episodes, we're visiting with our OGs, original guests. Today, I'm checking in with Merck. Merck's episode aired on June 1st. And here's a little bit of what she shared with us back then. The conversation of the move was actually pretty smooth because I've always been a career-driven person. My parents know that, you know, I work in podcasting now, but I have ambitions to be in voiceover. And, you know, Hollywood, like, that's a great place to go. And so they were actually really supportive of that. But I think what they don't know is although I say, you know, my career is a big reason why I moved, it's it's it has a lot to do with my parents, actually. Growing up the youngest of three in a very tight-knit family, I've had strong associations with my identity falling into the same identity as my family's. And a lot of the time when I feel like I'm struggling with my mental health and everything, it's because I'm asking myself, who am I? Because without my family, I feel like I'm nothing. Like I don't have, you know, my parents, they left Vietnam. They got here, were able to build a life for my siblings and I. But, you know, it makes me wonder when I'm home, am I acting in a certain way because I think that's how they want me to be? Or am I doing this because I am truly this way? The minute I came on the line to do the follow-up interview with Merck, she completely blew me away. Her energy, her charisma. I mean, I could literally hear her smiling on the other side. It felt like I was talking to a completely different person. And she shared that since we last spoke, she'd had a really important conversation with her parents. Let's get into it. What's up? I'm Murky Wen. Last time I was on the show... I had just moved to LA and I was figuring out who in the world I was. And now I think I I think I got a better idea of who she is. <laughs> who it is I am is a proudly queer Catholic daughter of Vietnamese immigrants, first generation lady girl who's anxious and left-handed. That was so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Anxious and left-handed. Oh my God, that should be a sticker. <laughs> Love it. So you listen back to yourself these many months later. What stuck out to you when you were listening? Um, okay, well, you got to know that I stayed up so many nights replaying this episode. You know, those 3M thoughts where you're like, what am I doing? What is the meaning of life? Why am I here? <laughs> I did that so much. So some things that stuck out were... Um, so funny enough, when when Sarah, the therapist, was like, I specialize in seeing first gen and queer clients, I'm like, oh, that's very interesting because um, when I went home in, to Washington 
in December of 2020, I came out as queer to my, my parents. What? And now, now you know. And now you know. So I'm like, I'm like, damn, Julika knew me from the beginning. There was no hiding my cards. Oh yeah. my God. First of all, I'm so happy for you. Oh my God, I'm so happy. So now, of course, you need to tell me everything about that. First yeah. of all, how did, how did you realize it? I think, I mean, it's something that I've kind of always known, but I've just repressed all my life. And part of the reason why I didn't want to come out so openly was because I come from a Catholic family. Um, mm. However, I still am Catholic today. And I used to think that, no, there's no way I could be queer and Catholic. That just doesn't exist. But... um I okay, started... I'm making funny faces at you. As you say that. <laughs> but, but okay. I know, I know. I was making funny faces at myself too. So as I started my process to get confirmed in the Catholic Church, I met people who helped me realize that the way that I am and the way that I love is 100% okay. And so just a lot of things led me to uh, accept my faith, but also my queerness. So those are kind of like mm. my yin and yang. Hi, everybody. I'm Juleka Lantigua, the creator and executive producer of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. And I'd like to invite you to be a guest on the show. Every episode, we talk to Black and brown folks striving to do big things and looking for ways to level up. Licensed psychotherapist Devon Lewis offers feedback about aspirational challenges we all face. Things like imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and especially how we define success. We'd love to hear about your triumphs and where you still trip up sometimes. Send our producer, Virginia, an email so she can get your story on the show. She's at virginia at lwcstudios.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Steve R. Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist and host of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. I'm excited to share big news. How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything is back. This time, I'll be joined by a very special person, someone whose name you know very well. Hi, everybody. I'm Juleka Lantigua, founder of LWC Studios. Welcome, Juleka. I'm so excited. And by the way, I'll be taking notes. So many notes. As always, on the show, we get to hear stories from black and brown folks who are out there doing great and amazing things. Then I do my thing of offering some feedback and strategies to help us navigate personal and professional challenges. Together, we'll figure out how to achieve on our own terms. Subscribe to or follow How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow the show at Talk to Achievers. Hi, everybody. Juleka here. I want to tell you about Ethnically Ambiguous. It's a podcast from iHeartRadio, and hosts Iranian-American Anna and Syrian-American Shireen talk to people of color, immigrants, and children of immigrants. Together, they try to dissect what it was like to be raised in the U.S. They talk about discovering sexuality within immigrant families, being raised as an outsider, and representation in television, among many more topics. Occasionally, they also talk about important news coming out of the Middle East and share stories from history that help us understand the context for what's happening in the Middle East. New episodes drop every Monday. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, that's so beautiful. And then you tell your family. Yeah, so I told... <laughs> My sister and brother earlier that year, but it was mm -hmm. uh, the week before Christmas is when I told my mom and dad separately. 
So what did you actually say to your mom? And then why did you want to talk to them separately? Well, I wanted to talk to them separately because sometimes my dad overrides the conversation or he just totally mansplains and it's so painful to watch. And my mom and I will look at each other and roll our eyes. So I was like, you know what? This is a big thing. I want to see how each of them reacts separately because I know it'll be different. Um, Mm. And it's just a feeling that I had in my heart. So for my mom, I talked to her during a lunch break at home and I sat on her, her bathroom counter and I was like, hey, I got to tell you something. She's like, okay, go ahead. And it took me a while to spit it out. And I'm like crying. And she's like, hey, you know what? It looks like whatever you're about to tell me, you're actually not ready to tell me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I swear I am. And she's like, okay, well. <laughs> I'm just saying you don't look like you're ready. Right. Like, mom um, being mom, yeah. comforting you. Yeah. And I was leading up to, you know, this has been true all my life. And, you know, I am in a long-term relationship with a, a straight cis male, Samuel. He is mm-hmm. the love of my life. That man is mm-hmm. very much going to be my husband. Mm-hmm. However, not that I have a ring on my finger. However, you know, um, <coughs> ever since I started dating him, it's it's interesting because I have been able to fully be myself with him. And with that comes okay. me exploring my sexuality. And so this is something him and I have been dealing with for like all of our relationship, uh, okay. which has been four plus years. But anyway, so I told her it's been true all my life. Samuel knows and he still accepts me. And she goes, oh, let me guess, you're pregnant. And I'm like, I no. And then she's like, okay, okay. She's like, oh, you have another lover in LA. I'm like, mommy, no. I, oh my gosh, just let me talk. And she's like, you're just taking so long. I'm like, okay. And then uh, I was like, well, you know, I don't just like guys. I, and she finishes my sentence, you like girls too. And I was like, basically, yes. And she's like, okay, that's normal. For me, it's like, I know this is true. And I've had like other experiences with with females. So like, you know, like it just took quite a bit of explaining. But all in all, at the end, my mom was like, okay, well, you know, whether you are, you aren't. And you are like, I love you just the same because you're my kid. And I was like, can I have a hug? She's like, yeah, of course. (laughs) And then then this woman gets salty because my partner's Uh mom knew before my own mom. She's like, so I guess you had to tell her before me. And I was like, oh, oh, so there's just like all this stuff. But I, I was like, well, she knows. You know what, though? That is such a normal reaction. It just really (laughs) emphasizes how she's just like, it is what it is. You're my kid. Mm. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, You what? You told her before you told me? Like, that is such a normal mom reaction. Totally. Oh, my God. Okay, and then when you told your dad? So when I told my dad, right before that, I was already, um, I had this very strong spiritual experience in my living room where I just felt the spirit of my ancestors. And I was, like, speaking in rapid fire, be it just, like, praying and being, like, thank you so much for my life, all this stuff. So I'm, like already in an all over the place place however Mm -hmm. my dad he comes home he's like hey you know I got tacos for lunch like I'll be in the kitchen you want to join me I'm like nah I'm okay and then something in me was like go to him so I go over to the kitchen and like I give him a hug I'm like hi bad he's like oh hi Kong he's like oh why are you crying and in my family for me to cry is is very normal and I'm like, I'm just so happy. And he's like, oh, you're happy. That's so great. And I'm like, but I need to talk to you about something. 
And he's like, okay. So I sit right in front of him and like he's eating his tacos and I give this long preface of like, you know, I've come into my faith this year. I'm like looking at the crucifix that Jesus is on for strength. And I'm like, you know, I'm just feeling really good about my life. And Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And so in light of that, I'm embracing a lot of my truths. And that I want you to look at me when I say this. So he looks me in the eyes and I go, I don't just like guys. I like girls too. And he stares at me for a second. And then he goes down to his tacos and continues eating. And I'm like, explaining more of like my journey and why I want to come to this truth. And part of it was because 2020, we all saw so much death. And so because of that, I'm like, you know, if I were to have my parents pass for, you know, that kind of reason, I would want them to know who I am. And I was Mm -hmm. also inspired by someone who was a guest on my podcast, Adultish. Um, Mm -hmm. Juan, he He was undocumented and his dad got deported. And after his dad got deported while Juan was in high school, he realized anything can be taken away from you. I need to come out to my family. And so Mm. um, he goes by him. They they Mm -hmm. told their family. And I was just really like, you know what? I want to be like Juan. I want to be like Jesus. So let me just be honest with people, including myself. And Mm. then my dad kind of hit me with the questions of, Well, actually, the first thing my dad said when I told him was, okay, that's normal. You have a cousin in Vietnam who's gay too. And I mean, people are born that way. And then he's like, but why would you do that to Samuel? And I was like, like you just said, I didn't choose to be this way. And I'm just saying, if anything were to happen to Samuel, well, God forbid, If I came home with a woman or someone else who was not a cis man, I wouldn't want you to be surprised. Mm -hmm. And we kind of went back and forth and he was like, well, you know, I was born in a man's body, but I'm supposed to have a wife and God created Adam and Eve, male and female. So Mm -hmm. I'm born in a man's body. Like there's nothing Mm -hmm. I can do about it. And for a second I thought, huh, is he trying to tell me something? And I was like, bah, are you? do you know how it is I feel? Have you felt this way before? And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm just saying blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. he was just cautioning me in not letting my temptations get the best of me to be a faithful partner and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, you know, that makes sense. And then mm-hmm. after he left, I told my siblings and my sister was like, actually, you know, that called me right after and was just so confused. And she told him to ask me questions if I had, if he had any, or to ask her questions. And then after I got off the phone with my siblings, my dad's like, hey, your brother invited me over for dinner. And I'm like, my brother's probably going to say stuff to my dad just to get him to get it. And after that night, nothing was ever brought up about it again. And my life with my dad was able to resume as normal, which is what I wanted. What did your brother say to him? We need to know. I know. I need. I, I keep on forgetting to ask him, but he, he said something. and He might have solved this for so many people. We need to know what he said. <laughs> On the next episode. Of- exactly. <laughs> First of all, I am so proud of you. Holy cow. <laughs> You're like a whole nother person. <laughs> I can feel your strength just vibrating through our conversation. It's such a powerful thing. 
Thank you. Oh my God, Mark, this is incredible. All right, so <laughs> this clarity, right? And this mm. sense of self has to have manifested in other areas in your life oh, because yeah. you're just so, like you're standing so firmly in it. Fun fact, it's it's powerful women like you that inspire me to ask for promotion, which is what I'm doing. I'm asking for your producer of adult. Good, good. So is that part of this sort of like, taking charge, being fully yourself and wanting to be fully recognized for all of your strengths? Yes. I think once I was able to just be like, okay, you know what? All these parts of me are are me and I'm going to go with it and just have it be present in all parts of my life. So on on my show, our senior producer is leaving. And with that, I've been just asking him, you know, what truths do you have to reveal to me about myself? Like in your eyes as my supervisor, how have I grown? And he was like, well, you know, you once you came out to your family, there was something totally different about you. There is truly no stopping you now. It's like you've always been a grounded person, but your seed has now been rooted. And now it's just time for the rest of us to watch you sprout. And, wow. and he was like, on some days, I think you see that. But on many days, I don't think you do. And, you know, I still, something that I've struggled with is imposter syndrome um, Mm -hmm. and also just anxiety and just a fluctuation of moods, highs and lows constantly. Mm -hmm. And just to know that despite those uncertain feelings, I know who it is I am. I know my worth and I know that every year I live, that worth is just going to grow and grow. And I'm really Mm -hmm. happy to recognize that in myself. But I know there's so many people who don't have that. They don't have the same story that I do. They don't have the same privileges that I do or the family or the support system. And that is why I I want to give back. I'm okay. I'm good. And I can help people. Oh, my God. I am smiling so hard right now. It's, what a story arc. I mean, I I just want to say thank you for this show because without this show and without us talking, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have been able to come to the conclusions or like where I'm at in my life right now. Mark, you're a gift. Thank you for coming back to the show. Well, thank you for having me. You know, time is the best present. So let's make the gift count. If you haven't yet listened to Mark's original episode, called Struggling to Become More Than a Dutiful Daughter, which aired on June 1st of 2020. You can find it in our feed and on our website. And we've also linked to it in the episode notes for this episode. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of Lantigua Williams & Co. Virginia Lora produced this episode. Kojin Tashiro mixed it. Manuela Bedoya is our social media editor. Cedric Wilson is our lead producer. And the show's creator, Juleika Lantigua Williams. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. Please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and anywhere and everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Bye, everybody. Same place next week.